Welcome back to Love Under Lockdown, a podcast that follows four couples as they navigate living together and apart during quarantine. I'm Pallavi Kutamasu. This is week five. Despite being a brand new couple, Whitney and Sari have been living together for the past few weeks as Whitney battled the virus. Now that she's finally on the mend, her roommate Callie has moved back in. It's felt nice to be like reunited with outsiders like, oh, human life forms. It has. I think it's made us feel more normal just having Callie around and just like, her boyfriend coming by and her going there. It's like, oh, yeah, the world's still turning. We're not just like in this little sick corona bubble on the hill. You know, it felt so insular for a long time. Yeah. Her coming home hit this like reset for me. It was like, oh, life is a little bit more normal now. Well, twofold, because you finally turned a corner with your sickness and then she came back. It coincided. Yeah, it did. It really has helped a lot. It's been like just a little touch back into reality. Last week, all of Sari's frustrations came to a head. He'd spent so much of his time and energy taking care of Whitney that he no longer had any for himself. Since that little meltdown that I had, I've been feeling much better, but also just kind of lingering percolating in the background is this constant, all right, well, what's this looking like? How long am I staying here? And then also just feeling frustrated with my roommate and my situation at home and not being able to be home hasn't felt great. He hasn't really been adhering to the strict guidelines that we have. And so it just kind of feels like If I go home and I'm going back and forth, it's like compromising everything that we and Callie, Whitney's roommate, and her boyfriend and his roommate have all adhered to since there would be, you know, some cross-contamination amongst us. And then here's this guy just posted up at my house. Um, And that's the thing. It's your house. Yeah. (laughs) um, But then I see him on Instagram like, just got a fresh cut. And it's like, oh, yeah, cool. You're well, like the- <laughs> I'm looking like a werewolf right now, but I'm glad that you have a fresh cut. I like it. And- I like the werewolf vibe. It's, I'm into it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it works for me. As long as you're happy. <laughs> There's a moratorium on evictions and like landlords not evicting tenants it's like you know i understand it's it's not easy to find a place right now and also financially it's not a good spot for anyone and it's just it's not like before where it's like hey you know this isn't working out here's 30 days but at the same time now i'm displaced because you're not being safe i don't think that i should be displaced permanently And I wonder if it's made you feel, like, burdensome or, like, you're in the way or, I don't know. It doesn't feel great. 
As for Whitney's roommate, Callie. And I wonder for her, too, like, it can't be great. If we're hanging out in the living room, then it's like, we're in the living room. We're like She's not stoked. I know she's not stoked. She doesn't show it. She doesn't say anything. But she wakes up. There I am. She goes to sleep. <laughs> there I am. Like, and not only there I am, but there we are. Right. And as someone who's lived with a couple before, it's just kind of like, ah, uh, do you guys ever leave the house? And now it's like, uh, no, we don't <laughs> no, actually. Ever. <laughs> Kelsey and Edwin are also feeling the strain of constantly staying indoors. Edwin's vape shop is still closed, and they haven't even taken their son outside. Everyone's beginning to go a little stir-crazy. Edwin was definitely moody because of the heat and the constant indoor isolation. The feng shui is out of the window at that moment. <laughs> You'll be out of the window. <laughs> and you can see that on, like, solitary confinement, on jails and stuff. Like, people can go crazy just being in four walls. I've been moody lately, too, because the workload that I have, plus the schoolwork, and, um, you know, there's, like, so many dues this week and last week and even this coming week. It's getting hard to juggle all at once. Sometimes we kind of get heated, and we prefer to just kind of stay quiet until everything is just down most of the time. Most of the time. You know, we have a kid, and we don't want to put that kind of image on his head in, like, a such an early age. So we try to be adults about whatever fight we have. You know, there's no need to raise voices or anything like that. Edwin and I, we were able to bond for a while, you know, with Mateo. We were actually able to do the activities that I wasn't able to do with him because most of the time I'm at work and when I get home, he's asleep. His teacher does Zoom conference every 10 a.m. every day, Monday to Friday. He's doing well with that. One time, one of um, the assignments was for him to trace a letter. I did like a little connect the dots for him after I demonstrated it. And then I was like, okay, here's because we have like a whiteboard and, you know, like the markers. And so after I demonstrated what he needed to do, he did the same thing. Very sloppy, but, you know, he's a toddler, so it's really big. And I've never seen him do that before. So it was really good. It felt good, you know. At least he knows his letters, all his alphabets. It's really cute. He's talking a lot, to be honest. And I feel like just being around, like, the family constantly talking to him and, you know, it's not just the information being given to him, but, like, also asking him questions and stuff. He's starting to talk a little bit more. He's trying to boss us around to telling us uh, what he wants to eat or, you know, what he wants to wear and stuff. So, I don't know, it's kind of funny. Now that he's not going to school, you know, we're kind of spending more time with him. He's kind of developing a little bit more and saying more words and stuff. It's the thing that I didn't have with my dad that I kind of feel thankful for. Every kid is different, and especially when he's diagnosed with autism, we go with the flow. And we try to help him here, but it's going to be tough when he returns to school to normal schooling and we're not professional so we don't know what he needs like the milestones that he needs to achieve or to reach at schools versus like what we do at home so it's very different fred the fourth has also been hitting a few milestones his father records them on his phone to send to jess who hasn't been in the same room as her fiance and son for two months now now how are you gonna get down though Oh, you didn't think about that. 
I'm super excited because being 19-ish, 20 months, basically my kid is, you know, starting to talk to me. He's starting to recognize that he can play with me. I mean, he always knew he can, you know, kind of climb up me and stuff like that. But now he's like trying to play and like do little funny thing and laugh and point at the TV when something's funny and like joke around with me like a friend. Jess watches these videos between shifts in the ER. Every time I'm on the phone with them, they are playing in the backyard and the baby is just like trying to move trees. You know, if you go to the gym, they have those big ropes and people like wave the ropes to work out their shoulders and things like that. He's doing that with the hose now. And so I guess my favorite memory of the past week is the kid in a tank top doing like a modified strongman Gold's Gym workout in our backyard. It was very cute and very hilarious. I'm also just constantly amazed at how much he's growing. He's huge. I sent a picture to somebody else and they were like, he looks like he's three years old. And I'm like, I know, how did this happen? He grew up while I was gone and like he knows all these words and he's putting words together. I think he did about six words or five words back to back to back. I mean, they made no sense, but there were words that were coherent. He just didn't know how to place them. On one hand, I am so close to being home and I'm so excited I don't know what to do with myself. And on the other hand, I just keep thinking, what if I test positive next week and then I my return home gets delayed another 14 days? And then on top of all that, we now have several of my coworkers that are testing positive for COVID now. So I am just like so, so fearful that I'm going to get it and I'm not going to be able to go home the way I want to. And so today and like even yesterday, I have just been like a little bit of a hot mess, crying and just a mess. None of this has been ideal. None of this has been particularly fun. I feel like, especially this week, the toll of the past two months has like really started to hit me where I'm like, I just need to be home. I am so like over it and I am so desperate to just be home with my family. Brandy and Mary have kept a strict quarantine ever since the stay-at-home order began in March. For a couple that recently broke up, They've been on the same page about most things. But Mary has really been missing her family. And recently, she got an alarming text from her mom. My mom texted me and said, you know, grandma's really not doing well. You really should call her and just let her know that you're there. I'm calling her doctor and they're getting hospice in. And it was like scary, you know. My mom was convinced that my grandma's really like on her way out. I mean, she's 100, so she's obviously old. She has congestive heart failure and her kidney's been failing for like 10 years and she has diabetes. My mom left me a voicemail and she said, you know, Mary, if you're going to see grandma, it's now or never. I don't think she's going to make it to the weekend. So I said, I'm going to come down on Mother's Day and spend the day with you guys. and Hopefully she makes it. And on Mother's Day, she was fine. No more throwing up. She was eating, talking, laughing you know, able to participate in conversation. Now I'm kind of wondering if grandma's just trying to get attention. So my spirits are lifted, her spirits are lifted, the family just feels better. So I feel a lot better taking that risk and going down to see my family even under these circumstances because I think it did more good than harm. 
Well, I asked you to maintain at least a six to 10 foot distance from everyone, including your grandma. And that went out the door, I'm assuming within five minutes of you arriving. Yeah, no, I didn't do that at all. I am still trying to keep at least a table distance away from my brother, but I'm not standing across the room from him like I was the first time I went down there. But I'm still not hugging him. I'm not getting close to him if I can avoid it. I'm reminding everybody to wash their hands for sure. (laughs) I'm having a grumpy day. I'm dealing with Brandy's grumpy day. (laughs) On the job search front, it's... I'm in the middle, I guess, of it. I've had first round interviews with a couple different places. The hard thing is that there are a lot of junior positions open and I'm way too qualified to even get looked at for a lot of the junior positions. And for others of them, they'll look at me and they'll call me to tell me that I'm too experienced for what they have in mind. So that's a little bit frustrating, but there are a couple places that I really like what they've had to say. They're moving a little bit slower than I would like, but that's the nature of the game at this point. Brandy's not the only one thinking about work. Now that Whitney's turned a corner, she's ready to start planning her future again. Today I feel good. Today I'm pretty happy. I got dressed. <laughs> that's big. Yes. <laughs> It's been a while. Yeah, you were rocking this this one robe for <laughs> quite some time. time. It's like a cute robe, though. It is. It's, it's like cute. Shoddy. I like it. I enjoy it. It's classy. But I did wear it for about a month. In a weird way, like, being sick for so long gave me a reason to, like, kind of hide my head in the sand for a little bit and be like, I can't deal with any of this because I just, like, need to keep breathing. I'm not going to focus on all of this shit that seems so out of my control. And now that I'm getting better, all of those problems are still sitting there waiting for me. And so I'm very glad I'm not sick anymore. But now it's sort of like, okay, bitch, TikTok. I was already before all this in like a big place of transition with like work and everything anyways. I had just closed a company and like putting all of my efforts into producing events and having that be like my full-time job, which (laughs) Cerise face (laughs) expressing was um, ill-timed. So my event series, Stories of Women, that obviously now like is not happening or after a while I was thinking about doing digital events like those Instagram lives that you're seeing but now so much is being offered completely for free I wouldn't make any money my performers wouldn't make any money it's just hard to know what the world is going to look like how we're all going to like reacclimate and respond we know the world's not going to be exactly the same we're not going to socialize the same way or ingest content the same way and so even if the country starts to open up When are we actually going to feel comfortable sitting in a theater with 1,500 other people? Is that even something I should be working towards? Now that restrictions are loosening up, Edwin has been called back into work at the vape shop. It'll be the first time he's left his apartment in a month. So I got called into work finally because they started opening the retail stores. So, I mean, it puts me in the situation where I don't want to go out and put myself at risk and my family as well. But we knew that the lockdown was going to be temporary. There's only one entrance to the shop. So the door was open, but because we have metal gates that just slide when we close, we had to have those closed 
and people just order from the door. It's a big store, so I had to adjust to, you know, walking pretty much all day, standing up and just waiting for people to pop in into the door. So it was kind of weird. And I don't know, I kind of felt a little bit more protected because I have more control of what people were touching kind of thing. Now the doors open and people can walk in as long as they keep the six feet and they have the mask on and stuff like that. But it's only one worker for a big shop. So it just felt, I don't know, a lot of more anxiety once we open the doors, I guess. Edwin's dreams are much bigger than the vape shop. Like I told Kelsey when we started dating, you know, my final goal is going to be leaving a legacy. We kind of like like sat down and were serious, you know, we were like talking about like our future basically of what we want to do and stuff. And I was telling her like how I want to open up a shop and how I want to have my own businesses and stuff like that. We both have the kind of ambitious side of us. So I feel like even if it gets to a bad place, we always have that to rely on and we can always find a way to make ends meet, you know, so. That's one of the things that I say I love about Kelsey, and it's true. On the final episode of Love Under Lockdown, we check in one last time with our four couples as they wrestle with the ongoing pandemic and attempt to make out the shape of their futures together. Love Under Lockdown was produced by me, Pallavi Kutamasu. Story editor is Brandon Phibbs. Executive producer is Emmy Norris. Associate producers are Molly O'Keefe and Brendan Galbraith. Audio engineer is Morgan Jaffe. Sound mixer is Tim Dornbush. Original music by Cedric Santens. Love Under Lockdown was based on an idea by Jeanne Boazek. Thank you to the Paradiso team in France, Lorenzo Benedetti, Louis Debussy, and Benoit Duneg. Additional thanks to Michael Norris, and an extra special thanks to the couples who shared their stories with us, Whitney and Sari, Jess and Fred, Brandy and Mary, and Edwin and Kelsey. I hope you all are staying safe. I have been like partnering with different brands and stuff to do like Instagram giveaways, promo stuff. I'm doing stuff with a vibrator company next month. Actually, no, in like two weeks. And next month, two different vibrator companies. This is my niche now. Um, now? This is your niche now? No, it's always been a niche, but now it's becoming like, well, this, I guess, is how the only way I can make money now. <laughs> it used to be a way to supplement my income, and now it's like my full job. All of the vibrator companies are uh, pushing, and they're doing quite well in this time. Go figure. <laughs> Shocking.